One of the things that we drill all the time, especially with our apprentices, is that spending that time up front to make sure everything's covered and masked properly, floors are covered properly. By spending an extra half hour, 60 minutes up front can save you hours on the back end. And to me, sales is no different. And, and you know, one of the things that I've tried to really adopt over the years is how much detail can I fill in? Because I've I've come to learn if I spend an extra 10, 15 minutes on that piece, then it could save me hours, sometimes more of of heartache at the end of the job or when that job starts. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan, and I'm back as your podcast host for a special episode featuring two of our extended team members and partners from Nolan Painting. Jim Falk, Senior Estimator at Nolan Painting and Sales Trainer with NCG, and Connell Mulraney, Field Supervisor at Nolan Painting and Field and Ops Trainer here with Nolan Consulting Group. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to bring both Jim and Connell on the podcast together to highlight the unique relationship that exists between the sales and operations department in a growing, fast-paced, service-related organization. Through the conversation, Jim and Connell share how their departments work together to keep the ball moving forward, how Nolan Painting has adapted to better support the relationship and departmental challenges that always arise, and recommendations on how to open and establish better communication channels. What you'll learn is that the success of that relationship is a push-pull dynamic, constant collaboration, communication, and most importantly, respect. Much gratitude to both Connell and Jim for getting real about what it means to be a team and the foundation of respect and trust that are key to making it all come together. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the Hourglass. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm really excited to be here with Jim Falk and Connell Mulraney, uh, who are good team members of ours at NCG, but we know obviously work at Nolan Painting, a good sister partner company to Nolan Consulting Group. And many of you who work with us know Jim and Connell, um, for those who don't maybe now's your opportunity, you will. Uh, but before we jump into the, the episode topic of that ops and sales dynamic, which I know many are interested in, I want to just do a quick intro and welcome these two fine gentlemen and let them introduce themselves. So Jim, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are for those listeners that are, are maybe new to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Jim Falk, uh, a senior estimator with Nolan Painting, also part of the uh, management team uh, at Nolan Painting. Um, this is actually the beginning of my 19th year uh, with wow. the company. And uh, for many, many years, I'm, I'm going to say maybe 16 years, uh, I've also been doing sales training and coaching with Nolan Consulting Group. Yes. So happy, happy to be here. And that, six, that seems like such a long time, 16 years. We just had our 18th uh, business anniversary. So it's crazy where the time has gone. It's, it goes, it goes quick. And I, I know once I joined NCG, um, uh, that company really started to skyrocket. So absolutely, <laughs> we don't know where we'd be without Jim Falk. <laughs> and of course, where would we be without Connell Mulraney as well? Connell, please introduce yourself. Hi. So my name is Connell Mulraney. Um, 
So I've been with Northern Painting quite a long time, um, pushing on 30 years. Um, I am with operations and doing some sales at the present minute. Um, I also work with NCG. I've been there just probably as long as Jim, a little bit longer than you, Jim, actually. And right. that's why they skyrocketed so well. I, I set the bucket <laughs> off for you. You just jumped on the back of it. But that's okay. Um, and, yeah, so I, I did a lot with operations. I, I do a lot of leadership training with um, NCG as well. Um, and some of you would have heard me over the years. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Yes, those who have worked with Nolan Consulting Group or have listened to this podcast have heard um, Jim and Connell before. But like I said, it's been it's been a little while. So we're excited uh, to bring you both back on. And this topic in particular is actually one that I've been wanting to do for a little while. So the timing feels right as we're certainly getting into that spring rush. Summer's coming pretty quickly. Um, and that is the push and pull relationship of operations and sales. Sales has goals to hit, the revenue is driving behind it, and ops is trying to produce all that's being sold. And so while they work hand in hand, obviously there's going to be a push and pull sometimes with that relationship. And so you two are you know, great to speak to that relationship given the, the time that you've spent in these roles, both being a part of the management team, both having a friendship and a respect to each other so you can speak to what that real relationship is. Um, so we'll dive into that, but f- let's set the tone right now. What does the environment look like at Nolan Painting at the present moment? <laughs> I'll let, maybe Jim, I'll let you, you take this one. Yeah, yeah, I'll feel that. Uh, I got one simple three-letter word. It's hot. Um, mm. The uh, Hot in a good way, I should say. <laughs> That's good uh, to clarify. You know, it, it, it's, it is such an interesting dynamic right now. You know, I go back roughly two years, uh, March of 2020, when the COVID pandemic hit. And we, as many businesses that are going to be listening to this podcast, were shut down. And it was a scary time. It was an uncertain time. And, you know, I'm, I'm an internal opt- optimist. But, you know, living through that and then coming out of that and reopening, none of us really knew what the business climate was going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's amazing. Ever since then, uh, we reopened in, I guess it was early May. Connell, you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong Mm -hmm. of that year. And ever since then, it has been off to the races, Um, the home improvement markets in general, are just flying off the hook. Demand is extremely high. Um, I think there's many reasons for that. Um, with homeowners working from home more, uh, they want their homes to look nice. Um, everybody seems to be flush with a little more cash and savings because they, for a period of time, they weren't doing as much from the entertainment side, whether it's you know concerts, plays, um, theater, sports, restaurants. Um, and the other dynamic I've seen is that a lot of homeowners with historically low interest rates, uh, although they're going up now again, have been refinancing and pulling equity out of their homes only to put it right back in the home again. Um, so it's all these forces that like really skyrocketed the home improvement industry. And it, it hasn't changed. Um, you know, demand r- remains extremely strong. And I mean, we're, we're hitting record sales numbers and record close rates and 
record sales rates um, with reduced marketing in place. Um, so it's it's extremely strong right now. So from a sales perspective, I mean, the leads are coming in and the, the phone's ringing off the hook without a lot of marketing spend. And from a, so it's making, so you have sales goals, obviously. I mean, there how many of, of there are on the sales team at Ellen Painting? Well, now we, well, now we, interesting question, Molly. Now we mm-hmm. actually have uh, seven because uh, this year, and I, I don't want to steal Connell's thunder, but uh, Connell, um, being the team player he is, uh, agreed to come aboard he, this year. He's kind of straddling his time between production and sales, but we knew we needed help in the sales area and uh, Connell was very willing to, to hop in and, and help us out. So, I mean, that just kind of reinforces that three-letter hot word you mentioned. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there are seven of you who are, are your, your schedules are full with estimates. Uh, so, and now you're creating a, a pretty large production uh, mm-hmm. calendar ahead. So how does, how is it right now in terms of um, getting the, the production actually done? And maybe it kind of, I'll jump to you yeah. in terms of, you know, also at needing feet on the street. What what does that environment look like right now? Interesting that feet on the streets, the first one I'll go after. So that's, an, that's a ball that we keep our eye on because anybody knows you want to hit your goals, you need to have your feet on the street. And everybody also knows finding people is not an easy thing. Right. And so finding qualified people is even harder. So not alone are we trying to hit production, but we're trying to train you know, we've become like a training academy and we are trying to train these new employees, get them up to speed so they actually can be productive and they can assist in the production in the field. So it, it's it's a constant challenge. The work's there. Right. Um, and and it, there's tons of it. Um, you know, when you think that we are scheduling estimates in September, you're like, are you kidding me? You know, and, and um, interior is a little bit closer, but nonetheless, we have gobs of work and we constantly are behind the eight ball with feet on the street, as a lot of people are. A lot of companies that I talk yep. to are in the same in the same ball game. And so, yeah, we we are we are constant communication with with sales, um, talking about what we need. Uh, you know, when is this job going? When is it not going? And we're constantly trying to train so we can have qualified people to catch up. Because from now into the fall, traditionally from early spring into late fall it's a it's a sales market sales dominate Mm -hmm. they've always dominated and we were operations is constantly trying to catch up trying to chew through the amount of work was there and then things slow down and we get the upper hand going into the winter and we would we would be reaching out to sales going i need this i need this i need this i need work i need work Uh, that's not the case right now Um, that break may not even come so it's, it's going to be a constant for a while. So part of that constant is really making sure that the relationship between the two departments is is strong and that there's a level of communication back and forth. I, I mean, this may be jumping ahead a little bit, but I had the opportunity to sit in on your Nolan Painting Operations meeting yesterday morning, um, which for those listeners who don't know, it happens at 6 a.m. every Wednesday morning. There's about 45 plus folks on that call, management team, field supervisors, job leaders. It's a really great kind of status check call. Um, And 
one one member of the, the NCG team always attends just to kind of get a read on what's going on. And one thing that I saw um, when we did a breakout group was the scheduling team and operations talking to sales and having that conversation in real time about exteriors and interiors and what can we be doing right now? What can sales be telling new customers? Mm-hmm. How do we adapt in the moment? Do we do a text chain right now where we can get kind of up to date things on the fly about what, you know, being able, what, what can we tell our customers? And I, I, so seeing it in real time, how you all are all working together and where the consensus is, was really neat to see. Um, and that kind of just speaks to just the whole, the need to be adaptable and need to be talking about what's happening in the current moment. But these challenges happen for you guys all the time. I mean, there's obviously times where you're, you know, sales and ops are having these, these conversations, but what other, what kind of challenges, what kind of uh, points of discussion are you guys coming across on a normal, normal basis? What kind of pushback? Mm. Uh, you want me to start Connell? <laughs> yeah. Since, since, since Molly yeah. mentioned the word pushback, I'll let you go ahead, Jim. So it seems your favorite topic. <laughs> well, uh, so I'll, I'll just speak uh, primarily from the sales end, and then I'll, I'll let Connell approach it from the ops end. Um, but, you know, sales right now, again, because the demand is, uh, you know, we always refer to the business as um, from a sales perspective, it's a two hump business. You know, the, the leads are relatively uh, flat in the winter. And then in the spring, there's a huge influx, the leads go up, they kind of level back out midsummer. And then early fall, there's that second hump, that, that influx of leads again. Um, so this time of year, you know, our challenges are no different than really any other year that I can remember is really just keeping up with the demand. Um, we're at the point now where even with seven of us, um, we're scheduling estimates three weeks out. Um, I mean, I was looking ahead of my my calendar for the rest of April. And I, even in the last week of April, I have half that week already booked out. Um, so that, that, that typically is a challenge. Um, you know, and I, and because of my larger book of business with repeat clients, um, I'm constantly fielding, uh, calls. They decide to bypass the office. They call or email me directly. So then I'm trying to find places to put them in uh, a bit quicker um, you know, scheduling, having discussions with customers, uh, it is definitely a challenge right now. Mm-hmm. Um, from the X2, so we, we maintain in essence, three, three unique schedules, um, from a work perspective. One is exterior, second is interior. And then the third would be, uh, kitchen cabinetry refinishing schedule. Uh, this time of year, the exterior demand is at its highest, and when we have people calling in March, um, you know, and we're telling them we're scheduling into August, uh, it, it's a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, you know, there we're, so we're very upfront right from the initial call into the office. Um, we're telling, we're, we're being very upfront, letting them know exactly where we're scheduling from that point in time. Um, most people uh, make peace with it. Uh, some decide to pass. They just can't wait that long for whatever reason. Um, but we have found that most people are still willing and want to meet with us, um, largely because of the brand and reputation that we've built over the years. Um, 
And also just because of the experience that they've heard that Nolan Painting provides. Um, but then, you know, meeting with that client um, and having those discussions, especially in regards to exterior and letting them know, yep, it's, it's for real. Uh, we're scheduling into mid-August right now at this point. Um, you know, you really, you really have to slow down the process. You know, there, you can't be an order taker in this environment as easy as it is. You still, you still want to treat that customer uh, in a very unique way, you know, slowing the sales process down, really getting to know them, bonding and rapport, finding out what's important, what their expectations look like, where their concerns lie. And I found that the, the, the better that we are at that piece, and the more likely they are willing to, to be willing to wait as well. Um, okay. You know, you can't just go in and with a shotgun approach and, and, and hope they're going to, they're going to wait. Um, you really got to kind of hold their hand through the process. Um, and then the other, the other key challenge and something that really continues to be a work in progress, which I know we're going to talk about in, in a bit is, uh, a relatively new concept to us, uh, we refer to as staging. And it's really about having the estimators more involved with the upfront, um, setting up and teeing up production so they can really, really start start the job um, in, in a, 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 a head, so to speak, rather than they start the job and they have to fill in all these blanks. So we're trying to be a lot more detailed um, we'll talk about a few of those things, uh, in a few minutes as well. Yeah. And I can imagine by slowing down the sales process, creating that bond and rapport, showing the level of detail and communication right from the beginning, from, from just this, the selling process probably helps to, to set up production in the operation side in a nice way, because when, when the operations finally does come around and is able to actually schedule the job, there's already, there's been a nice relationship established, even though they've had to maybe wait six months, they had a good experience on the front end, they've waited and now they're, they're open to, they're, they're excited to have the team come in and to do the work and it's, they've waited, but it's still been a good experience so far which I think yeah, is important. I agree. And I, I think it makes it a greater and better experience for everybody involved. You know, I, I always think of it from the field perspective. You know, one of the things that we drill all the time, especially with our apprentices, is that, you know, spending that time up front to make sure everything's covered and masked properly, floors are covered properly. You know, by spending an extra half hour, 60 minutes up front can save you hours on the back end. And, to me, sales is no different. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've tried to really adopt over the years is how much detail can I fill in? Because I've, I've come to learn sometimes painfully that the, the more detail I can provide up front, um, even if I spend an extra 5, 10, 15 minutes, um, you know, as far as communicating what's on the proposal, communicating to the office, particular details when I'm scheduling the job. If I spend an extra 10, 15 minutes on that piece, then it could save me hours, sometimes more of, of heartache at the end of the job or when that job starts. And so now, with, as we introduce this concept of staging, we're, we're even taking that to the next level. I love it. Now, Connell, I'd love for you to jump in here because you also bring 
an interesting perspective here. Now that you are doing some sales mm-hmm. for Nolan, you've obviously been in the operations role for, like you said, 30 years, but now going into doing some selling, you, you maybe approach things a little bit different um, or not maybe necessarily different, but you come at it from maybe in more operational per- perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you? So I'd love to kind of get that thought, but also how are you seeing uh, kind of the environment when you finally are able to get to those jobs that have been waiting for six, eight plus months um, and finally, you know, making, making it happen. What's, what's it like right now? So they are, they're delighted to see you and you pray to God that the weather doesn't impede anything and you can actually start that project as the promise was made. You are going on the week of the 12th or the 9th, 9-12 and you hope to God that you're going to be there because one thing, one big step that we've taken is avoiding pushing jobs altogether. So they're keeping them in that slot because they have waited a long time and nothing worse than calling to say, we're going to push you another week. Right, some, that hurts. Like, some customers will roll with it. Others will be like, you're kidding me. And so now you're, you have to be careful that you don't step off to a wrong, the wrong step because you, you have a customer that was willing to wait but now you can make them very angry very quickly. So um, that's one area. We, we make sure that we can hit the date and we've been doing a pretty good job with that. Um, and then we get there. It's like anything else. They're delighted to see you. And I think it's important that the guys, everybody understands what the details are. It's um, I've always said it's that really good communication with the estimator. You know, Jim may have sold a job now and it's going in September. That's a long time away. Mm-hmm. Even though there's details written down, it, it's so important that the that the team leader and the field manager that there's some huddle with the estimator uh, to get the final details in order. Um, I was just looking at some notes there, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, um, I'm noticing that site visits, they you, you just can never. You, you, there's so much to be gathered in a site visit. It's a golden opportunity to solidify everything before you even get started. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a great way to meet the customer and, and reassure them even more. Now they have waited for six months or five months. It's their day and you're coming a week ahead of time to sit down with them and go and finally go over all the details and make sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, you, you can see it in their face. You can even see it just sitting chatting with them and going over everything. They're, they're relaxed. It was well worth the wait. And yep. here I go. Um, this the struggle again naturally is you know Jim Jim hit upon it there, making sure everything's dropped out. Sales does make a promise, you know, and I mean I, I it always brings me back to to our promise. You know, we promise to to start and finish on time. You know, we will show up on time. Uh, we'll need it. We'll we will maintain this neat clean project. Um, we will handle all the details. Mm-hmm. We will stand behind our work and we'll pledge insurance of high quality. So that was part of the job. And now that's you have to deliver that, even though they did wait for six months. They're expecting that. They didn't forget that part. And um, so having employees trained and that, that they all know what's expected of them in their role with, while, they, while they're working for this customer. Then the other thing that jumps into to this whole dynamic right now is weather. You know, yeah. just take an example of two weeks ago, we were we were doing a lot of exterior work, and then uh, Winter decided to cancel spring, if you will, 
and we got all this rain. And so now people that have been promised that their exterior is going to start is on hold and, and we're back inside. And, and it's a big struggle for operations to keep those balls all rolling because when it's raining, it's okay. The people outside understand you can't be on my exterior. But the minute the sun shines, they want to know where are you. Right. So that constant communication between the customer, your group, and the sales and your team to make sure that both the interior and the exterior are in constant communication. Because it doesn't just drop. I mean, the estimator's role doesn't just drop right off after the sale no. is done. I mean, obviously, we have this staging, and I want to kind of move into that discussion. But yeah. I'm sure and that the estimator is still in touch with the with the customer, maybe even towards the end of the job. Where does or 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 the customer will reach out to the estimator um, at some point if they're if they're unhappy. Like you're not, it's, it's not just a, it's a Passover, but there's still that line of communication. And so if if there's an issue with operations, sales is going to hear about it again. And then you get to Jim and Connell being like, what's going on with this customer? Why aren't they happy? And like, that's where, that's where. Yeah. yeah. So when a job's going really smooth, as Jim will say herself, you never hear from the customer. Sales hasn't really, doesn't really hear that much. The minute there's a hiccup, um, they tend to go over everybody and reach out to the sales and then sales are drawn back in. For the most part, our sales team are involved during the process. It's a quick email, it's a quick text, um, and it's a quick communication with the field manager who will tell you whether there's a good pulse on the customer. Yeah, they're very happy or they're not happy. And um, and so they are, they are constantly being dragged back into the equation. Now more than ever with staging. So let's talk about staging. I know this is something that I I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, the sales team leaned into last year. Was it last summer when, I mean, it like this year that we're seeing, the amount of work coming in was crazy and operations needing to be ready to go when when the job was starting. So how, I believe that's still in place and you, you like you said, you renamed it to staging. What does that process look like at the, at, at this point in time? Mm-hmm. All right. So let, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, rewind a bit and talk about how it did come about. Um, yeah. So last year, um, similar to this year, the, again, thinking of the exterior perspective, uh, the schedule booked out very, very quickly. Uh, again, high demand, probably, I would say unusually high demand. And um, coupled with not being able to find the amount of labor uh, that we really needed to feed on the street. Um, so by the time we were in June, we had the summer booked out and we were in fact starting to book into early fall for exterior work. And, uh, we made the decision that, you know, we, why, why are we going to continue to add to this massive backlog? Um, our main, our main priority really should be how can we produce this work and how can we be as productive as possible? Um, so we made a conscious decision at end, in the end of June um, to stop taking uh, new new estimates from new customers for exterior work. Um, you know, with the idea being at, some, at any point we could turn that faucet back on, and we wanted to make sure that we had some availability for our good repeat clients, which we knew it would be inevitable that they would be calling. And it's the last thing you want to do is turn away a good good repeat client. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, we basically had a team at that point, a team of six salespeople 
I should say six sales professionals um, enter into July and August without any quota whatsoever. Um, and uh, we asked ourselves, well, what are we going to do? We, we didn't want to let anybody go. That, that was not an option because we feel very strongly we have a pretty amazing sales team. Um, but how can we contribute to helping produce this work in a more productive way? And, you know, that's where we began to reintroduce this idea of staging, which interestingly, I mean, years ago, I would probably say 10 or more years ago, we had talked about this concept of staging where, you know, we had a notion of pre-ordering all the material, having it set up and staged in the shop before the project starts. For a variety of reasons, it just never gained any real traction. Um, so last year in July and August, um, we began to incentivize the sales team. And in fact, to this day, uh, our pay for performance structure has changed for the sales team, where now the sales team gets performance uh, bonus factors uh, for productivity, um, which, is a, which is a factor that the field has always been measured on. Right. But now the sales team also um, receives bonus pay on pro their jobs and their productivity. And um, they receive a bonus factor each given month if the total of their jobs is 100% pro pro uh, has a rate of 100% productivity or higher, meaning that the average of all their jobs came in on time or, or under budget. Um, so the sales team has been really focused, uh, on that piece now. Um, so last summer, uh, you know, as a work in progress, we were kind of figuring it out as we went along, uh, we started to become more involved with, as Connell mentioned, the site visits, um, you know, meeting with the customers again, um, uh, color matches, dealing with color matches. I was putting up samples. Um, first time I'd ever done that for clients, mm -hmm. um, we were uh, organizing paint orders uh, before the job would start. Once we had colors confirmed, um, visiting the jobs a lot in progress, helping with you know sales of additional work orders, um, running for material, wh whatever it looked like. It was whatever at that point since there wasn't a formal quota for two months for the sales team. It was whatever we could do to help the, the field be more productive and. Um, and indeed, more productive they became. And we, and we started to see productivity and, and realized revenue per hour um, start to go up because of these efforts. So um, as we began business planning in, uh, in the early fall for 2022, um, we decided that staging was going to be one of our big rocks. Um, you know, one of, one, of, one of our big endeavors to continue to push that forward. And... So what we did is we actually looked at uh, sales team, the individual sales, and we actually um, purposely backed their quotas down. So everybody actually this year has a lower quota than they've had in years past. Oh wow! And that's because we we want to put that focus and emphasis on this idea and concept of staging, where they're really taking more time to slow it down and revisit jobs again if there's if there's certain details uh, that need to be filled in. So a lot of it stems from our estimating um, software that we're using. Um, I credit Paint Scout quite a bit because they've really helped us um, mm -hmm. formalize the process of 
of how we estimate how how products are specified. Um, we're filling in color information now, like we've never done before. Um, we're we're being more particular uh, about getting uh, measurements to make sure that uh, okay. quantities are accurate in the scope on Paint Scout. Um, so it's it's like it's just become another level of really slowing the process down to make sure that the field has the best possible possible information the most possible information, uh, including colors, products, ordering quantities, um, et cetera. And um, we're also spending some time where, you know, in years past, if there was a color match needed, we would leave that to the field. Uh, the sales team has been much more involved with that, and making sure that if there's a color match, okay, we've, we've gotten the match, we've got it approved and, and that project's ready to go. And, and spending that upfront time has clearly made a huge difference in uh, productivity levels and revenue per hour. And so it sounds like this, this new um, part of the process is here to stay. Like it's not, it's not going away. It's now, even if you were to bring on new salespeople in the future, this, this becomes part of their job description, right? Yeah. This, this is, this is part of the responsibility. Hundred, hundred percent, spot on. Uh, yeah, this, this is, this is the, uh, this is what the, uh, the new sales process looks like for us. Um, you know, there, at this point, there's no turning back. Um, yep. And you know, one of the, I feel from the interior perspective, we've really refined the process at this point and and have gotten good at it. Now we're starting to spend some more time. Okay, what can we do from the exterior perspective? Because as we all know from the estimating side, getting measurements and some of those particular details and capturing all that um, when you do an exterior proposal is not quite as easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as not as cut and dry as uh, the room's twelve by fifteen by you know eight eight foot high ceiling. Um, so the, there there tends to be a lot more detail on exteriors. Um, so we're we're spending some time now refining that process. Um, including, you know, better pictures. We're using company cam uh, to capture as many pictures as possible at different, from different perspectives. Um, Company cam now integrates with paint scout. So we can also include all those photos um, in in the estimate and the scope. Um, And we're also working with uh, Hernan, our safety manager, where estimators are now calling out on the scopes Uh, Is there fall protection needed? Do we need a fall arrest plan? Um, Is there lift work? Um, And we're, we're, we're drawing attention to that with the pictures that we take. Um, So the safety from the exterior perspective becomes a big part of the estimator's responsibility as well, as far as communicating what needs to be done. Which is fantastic. I mean, safety should always be a priority, but the Mm -hmm. fact that I mean, now I know the, the role of safety manager is a more recent hire for you guys, which is fantastic. You've always made it a priority, but now there's someone in that role and he, and you're calling it, calling things out on your estimates. Um, it's clearly being given, uh, for the field, kind of a high, a high level of priority to, to be calling things out from advance. Um, I, I'd love to get your thoughts, Connell on how all of this new information, this, this new kind of production, production assistance in staging is helping to set up the field for success. Yeah. Um, and where, you know, is, is the field loving this, this new, this new addition? 
So in the beginning, you know, uh, who needs a salesperson on their job? You know, <laughs> we're, we're operations. Yeah. And, and uh, that's the last thing we need is in our minds. And a lot of the guys' minds, I think that's what they were thinking. Well, I don't want them in running my project. And I think it was quickly realized that, hey, I can send him go get this for me. I can send them and get me this. I don't have to go there because I think one of our failures in staging was the field manager or the job leader or the crew leader, somebody was running out to the paint store, getting this, getting that, matching. They were showing up on the job and they're like, oh, how the hell are we going to get up there? What was he thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, or And it would have been nice if they had had that picture in their mind. So I, I think it, it was quickly um, embraced by the field because all of a sudden, after a few jobs, you realized, hey, this, this is working out pretty good. And sales wasn't there all day. Right. And, and it also works, you know, some of our some of our crews will be starting four projects on a Monday morning, maybe five. And if you're a field manager, you're, you know, you can only be in one place and you have, you have other people in places to take your place till, you get, till they get started, till you get there. So it was quite the bonus in a sense to have an estimator that could, maybe go to one of your bigger projects where maybe uh, a less experienced job leader or creator was going to kick it off till you got there. Mm-hmm. And so you had, you had the person that estimated the project there and that bought you time. And it also educated that job leader or crew leader exactly what's going to happen. It was like a, an on-site visit with the person that actually sold the job. I think it was a great opportunity for, for the estimators to meet the crew because Jim and I I'll agree in this. I mean, the amount of employees that we have in our in our company and who's who and who's on what team, you know, it can get mind-boggling really quick. So um, it's a great way for it to bridge the gap between uh, sales and operations, I think. And, and, and if you're going to win, there has to be, there's only one team and that's both in the one team. Yep. And in the past, you know, you, I would often see and hear people say, you know, and, and in other companies too, you know, I don't know what he was thinking or what they were thinking here. What, what is this estimate? Uh, what do I do with this? And is there enough time? And what, how much time's for this? Our estimates have actually become really detailed. They're like, you just follow them because they are broken down as opposed to uh, in the past, you know, it was just one big number, you know, trim. 80 hours, wall ceiling and trim, 150 hours. Now it's broken down and uh, you will see like prep four hours in a room because that one ceiling has a has a, an area that's going to require a lot of prep or eight hours. And so that gives the that gives the team a great DNA of the job, how exactly they're going to do it to bring it in on time or under and to make sure that the customer's happy. So that I think it has been a great opportunity and I hope it keeps up and it will keep up. It's here to stay. Sales sold it. They're back out with the customer. It's very reassuring for a customer too to actually see the salesperson back on the project as it's happening. Yeah. You know, because in the past, Jim had it there, you know, the goals have lowered a little bit, which allows that room, to, that opportunity to happen. Whereas in the past, if you had a high goal, I mean, you can't be selling and in the job at the same time and you have this big goal. So by reducing the goal a little bit, it created a window for that estimator to get back out, get in front of the customer, get in front of his crew and help with the details. So it is here to stay. And I think one of the coolest things about this is, I mean, Nolan Painting has been in business 
for many, many years, obviously has processes and systems dialed in. Um, but there is, but you are all ready to adapt and do what needs to be done when you see an opportunity yeah. to, for, you know, better inner team interaction mm-hmm. for better communication line, or de- communication lines between departments for more efficiency and production. There's not this, this, thought that, well, we've always done it this way and this is the way it has to happen. And that department has to change yeah. the, the, you, the both sides are, are willing to work together. Now, I also know there's a lot of high level of trust and respect amongst mm-hmm. the management team at Nolan Painting. You've all worked together for quite some time. There's also new faces who have been added to, to the team, um, over time, I know this helps obviously that, that dynamic and that relationship and being able to trust one another when, when an idea is suggested, uh, I guess when, when, when a new idea comes to the table like this, how do you guys talk through it? And when, when somebody does push back, what's the, you know, how does that conversation kind of continue? I see smiles on both. <laughs> I wish, I wish our audience. Could see, yeah. Cause I know that there's, I mean, it's not all sunshine and butterflies all the time. Obviously no. there are people challenge each other and, uh, you know, opinions, opinions are here. Uh, so how do you work through that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, certain, certain ideas really, come about by accident like again this whole concept of staging was just because it was the reality of the world that we found ourselves in last last year and it's like okay what what can we do you know it's that level that it's qbq you know what can we do to make this situation better Mm -hmm. and that is the beauty you know on on both ends whether it's ops or sales everybody's adaptable everybody's willing to make changes, uh, implement new ideas um, to make the best of every situation, which is pretty awesome. Um, I also, th- I, I don't think it's all that common also, just based on my previous yeah. experiences. Um, I, I... But as far as the, you know, as far as the management team, um, <clears throat> you know, ideas are always being circulated. Um, and do we always agree? No. Um, but at the end of the day, we we respect each other. And yes, is there debate? Of course. Uh, is it sometimes heated? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we all we all agree and and move forward. And you know, with the understanding that not all ideas pan out. I mean, we've had many ideas that we've we've pushed uh, in the in the past and. Some are great and work out and become part of the way we do business. Others, we realize a year or two in, huh, that was not the right decision to make. Um, and that's that's just part of being in this climate. Um, you know, it nothing is perfect, um, and we understand that. But we're, you know, we res- we we really do respect each other. And at the end of the day, uh, we all think alike and and you know share share a similar vision and culture of what the company should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connell, I know you have thoughts here as well. Cool. I sure do. <laughs> Please share. So, yeah. So, so uh, Jim, Jim had it there. Like, first of all, both Jim and my, and, and myself, both of us are on the management team. And so we've watched this company grow 
over the years. Uh, we're part of the stewards of it, if you will. Um, you know, we know where it has to be next year. And, and even though we have our ideas, and sometimes, you know, operations always think they're right. And of course, sales naturally thinks they're always right. Um, they, um, at the end of the day, there's such a mutual respect there that we do, we do understand that we've got to get this job done. We need, if we have differences, let's put it aside uh, and let's get it, get it together. Uh, the ultimate goal is, is a win-win for the company, is to hit our goals. I mean, if you're measured on PFP and the field's measured on PFP and we have a goal and we want to hit 11 million or 11 and a half, whatever it may be, we have to work together. Right. We're smart enough to know that, okay, we may jab over and back, but we know internally ourselves, we know that at the end, we're going to agree one way or another. And that's, that's the beauty of having a really good team. That's hard to find. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find a team that will communicate like that and see the greater good and go for, go for the goal at the end and make sure that it happens. And we make sure between... That's why I think it's so important that, again, field and sales has to be this, the one. In the past, the old adage was, you know, you had sales over here and you had operations over here and there was like a gel. There was like oil and water at times. They just wouldn't gel. And now uh, that, that concept, I think you would agree, Jim, has basically disappeared uh, over time. Yeah, uh, I, I wholeheartedly would. Um, you know, I, I definitely feel like the relate, well, what sales is doing now and the relationship between sales and ops, there, there's, there's definitely been a paradigm shift where, for a long time, it was like, okay, sales is our level of expertise or area of expertise. Ops is your guys, okay? We get paid to sell. We're going to sell it and then move on pretty quickly. Once I pass it off, I don't want to hear about it again. I'm probably coming off a bit harsh. Uh, but that's, that's the reality, Jim. I think that's the reality with a lot of organizations. That's how yes. it's it's approached. Sales yeah. does their part, it passes along, then, and they don't talk to each other anymore. And it's but once that, it's been passed along, that's your problem to deal with. But that, yeah, that yeah. causes us and them to exist. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it's the two camps battling it out where now, um, you know, and I've even heard it from field managers that they were, they were wary in the beginning of sales being a little more involved in the the front piece, (laughs) but they've come to really respect it Mm -hmm. and appreciate it. And the, the interaction is, is so much better now. And, you know, we're, we're also holding the sales team accountable to the the concept of staging and really slowing down and filling, filling in more detail. Um, One of the things that we added to the agenda of our weekly sales meeting is a staging component. And, and each salesperson has an opportunity to go through their own personal staging report. And they look ahead at, at jobs in the next two weeks. And, you know, based on smart sheets and information in there, um, we look at, you know, everything from deposit to colors confirmed. Is there a color match needed? So there, there's a high level of accountability. It's not just something that we're saying and it sounds great and nobody's following through we're holding each other accountable every week on these meetings. And um, it really, 
it, it's definitely a new way for us to do business and uh, moving forward, it will continue to be the way the sales team does business. I, th I think you had it nicely there when you say there's a, there's a lot more respect between one another. Um, you'll even see it, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody, most people know that we have a, a concept here called pushback. Uncle Red, Jim. And, um, and so I even notice now um, since since sales became more involved with the staging and everything, it, people are less likely to push to go after pushback. Well, you know, uh, I can see where they were coming from, so let's give it a break. And how many times has someone reached out to you, Jim, and said, "I know Tiago has done it because you say, you know, you're short here, but you know, you helped me out in that last project." And so don't worry about it. I'll try my best and I'll, I'll, I sh we should be able to make it. And I've seen that happening. And I've even talked to field managers and they'll say, you know, we're well, a little bit short here, but, you know, the last job was good and uh, he was out and helped me a lot. So that just, you know, that enforces that whole respect thing. Whereas two or three years ago, the dagger was out with pushback. Like the salesman, people miss something. Let's get it off their skin right now. Yeah. Uh, let's take it out of their hide. And that's, that's not a team concept. That's not a growing concept. Uh, it, it, it did make estimators a better estimator uh, in a sense because you were clo closely watching your, your substrates to make sure you were gathering everything. But in the big picture, um, it doesn't grow a team because you're, still, you're, you're forcing us in there. Whereas this way, the more involvement of the sales team out in the field with the field managers and the crew leaders, the mutual respect is there and there's less of that. Sounds like between, between the mutual respect that's been established with this paradigm shift of how jobs are being approached and the the addition of that staging as part of the process, I think the Jim, you were saying the culture and the vision alignment is there. Obviously, the values are a big part of that. Um, I think with without that that vision, you know, culture values alignment, you're going to struggle here no matter what. That I think has to come first. Um, but what recommend, and I want to wrap up here, um, and I, I think it's important to leave our listeners with just a recommendation, one or two from each of you of what can you offer to listeners, you know, who are part of organizations that are trying to work on this, who are trying to establish better communication channels, better interdepartment communication and respect. What, where would you encourage their, you know, them to start? Well, I, so two things I would say, and again, just from what we've learned over the last year or so is, you know, encourage your sales team to slow down the process even more so to capture as much of that detail as possible. Um, and again, you know, we, we, we are encouraging it. We're holding each other accountable. Um, we've lowered quotas to make sure that this becomes uh, a way that the sales, the sales team goes about their, their daily business but secondly, um, you know, we have a lot of structured meetings uh, throughout the week, uh, marketing, sales, ops, pre-ops, um, HR, human resource. Um, but to me, my, my favorite meeting for a long time has been, as you referenced it, Molly, the, the Wednesday 6 a.m. Uh, operations meeting. Um, you know, pre-COVID, that was an in-person meeting. Now it's, in, now it's Zoom. But to me, that's the one meeting where you have admins, uh, you have this whole sales team, you have field managers, you have management team, you have job leads, crew leads. Um, 
there's, there's usually roughly about what 45 to 50 people on that mm -hmm. call, but it's the one meet. It's really the one meeting per week. It become my favorite meeting that keeps us all together on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, ops is, is they're reporting on all their jobs, um, their receivables. If there's any particular problems they're having, then after the meeting, we can we can reconvene with uh, with each other individually. But there's a high level of accountability built into that meeting, and I and I think that's that's a key piece to having that cohesive dynamic. I love it. That's a really great point. The structured meetings for sure. And Connell. So I agree with what Jim's saying there with the meetings. I think it's been one big driver. It's it's the rules of the game for us because there has to be rules in every game. It is the rules of the game for us. Um, I say that even more to, and on top of that, then I'll add is communication. Um, instead of talking you know, among yourselves, field versus operate. For teams, for companies that want to build this further, um, there has to be a very, very open communication line between sales and operations. If you want this to work, it has to be an open communication line. And um, like, for example, uh, we do what's called field manager meetings once a month now with the teams and the estimators show up. And I think that's a great way of even bridging that even more, that whole communication. You're there, your estimator's there. It's a, it's a downtime, it's a fun time. Everybody gets to talk and mingle. And you walk away with a, a lot more respect for one another and a lot more understanding of each other's job. It's not easy to sell and it's not easy to produce it. I mean, you know, that's they, a great example of practicing what you preach. You're saying have that communication between the two, but mm -hmm. to actually show up for those yeah. meetings. It's not it's not the sales or estimators meeting, but they are showing up for that meeting and they make the time for it because it's important. It's mm -hmm. impo it's important for that communication line uh, to continue to, to keep to keep opening up, to keep establishing even more trust and respect. Spot on. Awesome. Well, as always, it's a pleasure having you two on this podcast. I love the opportunity to work with you both. Um, it's really fun. And so thank you for sharing your wisdom with our listeners and just kind of continuing to show that even when you've been in business for so many years, there's constantly opportunity to adapt and to change and kind of rethink the way that you approach um, relationships and departments and, and processes. So kudos to you all over at the Nolan Painting Team. And I hope to have you both on in the near future. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, all. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.